turned human lately. That's a good thing. That's a secret. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. That song is dedicated to the late TC and sorry, Johnny. We're going to put our arm around TC's memory until, well, until we ain't here to put our arms around it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're going to be doing a a, a, um, a memorial to TC in the next week or two, so uh, I'll give you more information on that. Yeah, and another year has came and gone, and really, even if we went to the movies this year, I don't think we'd go to the movies this year. Nope. I mean, nope. I. Uh... Go ahead. I haven't been. I haven't been to a film since Baccarat. Now, now, other than going to a couple of film festivals at small theater, but but you know, uh, a general release. I haven't been been there since uh, 2019. 
So well, the uh, only film I went to this year was the Knoxville Film Horror Fest. Right, exactly. And, and I did two festivals this year. So yeah, I mean that's that's what I've been in the theater. But uh, there's a, there's some films that are coming out that I do want to see, and one I think we're going to go see as a family now that I'm down here with Rachel and her family is um, the Boy and the Heron. I think we're going to go see in the next week or so. Even though so his films be... are never on my top ten list, Carl, you can't go wrong with Miyazaki. No, you can't. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. The quote Lloyd Kaufman when he had the movies, if you don't go see a Miyazaki film, then fuck you. You don't have no inner child. Yep. You know, we just watched Spirited uh, Away uh, two days ago. Okay. What a wonderful film. Seriously. Really great film. Which one would you pick as his one that's just the most fun to watch with your family that you've seen? Now that you know, the funny thing is with Miss Yaki is that you know they're 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 family films, but they're relatively dark, considering. Yeah, they're uh, family I films. Uh, I would have to say Princess Mononoke. For me, it'd probably be Hal's Moving Castle, or is it flying? Got it. But yeah, at least one, a couple of gems. And my biggest moment this year was on Blu-ray, but we'll get into that, a specific title. But thank you, Vinegar Syndrome, for the Polish sci-fi that you put out this year. Absolutely. How long have you, well, me and you, been waiting to see this Polish sci-fi and fantasy films like this that came out? Oh, uh, you know, of course, we did a commentary watch on one of them. I'm not going to say which yeah. one until you uh, until you uh, put it on your top ten. But yeah, I mean, seriously. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know the Eastern Bloc sci-fi, and I'm talking not only films but novels. But uh, um, seriously, really, that's a really great set. Yeah, Obli Die, the end of time, end of the world, and his other films on that box set. All mm-hmm. of those I knew of because of. Uh, uh, Danny Perry and uh, the guy who does Shock Cinema. Yeah, Danny yeah, Perry is in the baseball or football nowadays, but God bless him for all of the education that he gave us fans to move beyond horror, exploitation, and sci-fi. Yeah, Danny... I've had Danny on a couple of times. He's a great guy. Um, and, yeah, really good stuff. I mean, that whole series of cult film books were, were gold back in the 80s. Seriously. Yeah. And most of the best films that I've seen, some of the best new ones or new sets were on TV. 
They didn't get mm-hmm. no release. But when it comes to re-releases, we got uh, Old Boy, mm-hmm. uh, Conan the Barbarian got a new uh, 4K release to theaters. I mean, it seems like the re-issues were better than most of the new issues. Mm-hmm. And a bonus on my list as uh, Adenum was uh, Messed Up Barbie from uh, Barbie. <laughs> Just because that means a lot to us older kids that, that the younger kids wouldn't get. I, uh... Because every one of us met female had one, or we our sisters... Or we knew a girl that had a messed up Barbie where they gave it the messed up haircut, the screwed up makeup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, well, you, you'll you hear about Barbie when I do my top ten. So we'll, we'll just leave it there. Oh, well, I was just putting that in there. And another addendum to, well, we'll get into the, List right now, so we can have enough to fix it, fit everything we wanted to fit in. And mm-hmm. my number 10 was like at the first of the year when I first seen it, it was up there in the top three, but it got moved down a lot. And that is Cocaine Bear, <laughs> a very bizarre and over the top movie based on a very bizarre and over the top story. In 1988, this old man in Knoxville, Tennessee, woke up, went out, seen somebody land in his uh, driveway, and he walked out, and this this uh, drug dealer had parachuted from his plane and splattered on his uh, driveway when the parachute wouldn't open. And they found the cocaine in a Florida, all over the place where the guy had dumped it out. And they found some in a Florida, a forest in Florida. I mean, in Georgia, where the bear had eaten like a whole kilo of coke and its heart went, fuck it. And they actually made a great comedy out of it. Ice Cube Sun was good in it. Ray Liotta was good in it. Mm -hmm. Pretty much everybody in there was in it. I love that little boy, didn't you? Oh, yeah. I I love it. Um, That that definitely is on my list. It's a little higher than yours, but we'll get to it. Oh, okay. We're drug addicts. Why? We took drugs once. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that one's just fun. Okay, what's your numero teno? It's actually a tie. So I am now in in, in Memphis, and I'm with Rachel and her family. So uh, I get to watch kids' movies now. And so I have a tie at number 10 between, you were just talking about Barbie, but yeah. also the Mario Brothers movie. 
which is actually oh, I heard that one. a that lot of fun. Good. Yeah. Yeah, it's my number 10. Tie between Barbie and Mario Brothers. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so so go on. What's your number nine? Uh, number nine is uh, John Wick Four. They actually ended the damn story. It's a little nice. bit long, but they actually freaking ended it. Nice. And I love how in this one, when someone gets hit in the car, not like other action films where they get hit by the car and they just go. Sheep, 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 you know, just brush off the dust. No. They get hurt. It hurts. You know what I mean? Oh, I know what you mean. This is a movie I've not seen, so I can't rank it. It's on Star. But it is definitely on my list. Definitely on my list. Yeah. Talk to me after the show. Okay, I will. Uh, yeah. And God knows I love John Wick 1 through 3. I mean, it's a You're great series. With 30 second demo. Yeah. But, yeah, it's good. And like I said, they actually give it an ending, which surprised the hell out of me. Good. Good. You know how most of them are like, we're going to drag out this until, drag it across the floor until mm-hmm. it's like every ounce of, like someone who get, gets a dog under its wheels and don't give a fuck. Yep. Dog won't want to fuck with John Wick and he catches you do that. <laughs> no, you don't want to fuck with John Wick. That is for sure. Yeah, and dogs. Mm-hmm. And Donnie Yen is great in it. Yeah, yeah, and it's got. Don't forget, it's got got your guy in it. It's got actors. Yeah, oh, he's great. He will make a hell of a kingpin. They got a they got a new show out on Disney uh, featuring kingpin. Yeah, and but they Sinatra. got Vincent D'Onofrio, who is also one hell of a kingpin. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And now, what's your uh, number nine, man? Well, I know this is on your list somewhere. It would be Renfield. And that was a fun movie. Uh, You know, let's just go on with it because it's my number eight. But don't bunch. You know, to me, it it was fun. And, 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 um, it, it was fun, Aquafina, everybody in there, but my God, uh, Nicholas Cage could not believe how good of a Dracula he was. I really couldn't. I love that scene at the first of it when it showed them do a bit-by-bit recreation of the universal film of Dracula meeting Renfield. If you didn't yeah. see the film, the original film before, you wouldn't have guessed. They did a really good job in, in the recreations. And again, he was just phenomenal. Yeah, you know, a, a little bit, but not scene. as much as you would think. 
The reason we have it low is not enough not enough Nicholas Cage's Dracula. Mm-hmm. That's one of my main uh, pet peeve rules. You can't mm-hmm. have the villain vanish for three quarters of the movie and have us still afraid of him. Mm-hmm. Which was sure. my main bitch about. I call it the Terminator Two role rule. Mm-hmm. Yep. So my my number eight film is Cocaine Bear. So we've already gone through cocaine. Oh, so what's your number seven? God damn it, Carl! Not on the air. No, <laughs> this show is drug free, and no, we did not go through cocaine before we <laughs> before we washed it. What did you love yeah, about exactly. it? Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, we did go through the cocaine. I swear to God, no, no, no. There's more here. I swear. Okay, enough joke. I took my This is the second film on our list about someone who loves their dog. Okay. And it ain't the last. This is true. I love that little scene like he's gripping at He's a damn little poo-poo dog. I hate this dog. <laughs> And then it shows like a little flashback. Oh, you did a good girl. <laughs> yeah. Very true. So what's your number seven? Uh, a Haunting in Venice. It's nice to see, uh, well, it seems like with this one, Kenneth Branagh grows into the Poirot role, and it's nice to see old Poirot for once, rather than the young detective at his peak. Right. Because yeah, most get to see people must have read the book that she takes Poirot from his first case to his death. What it's about, he's invited to this uh, seance and has to deal with this uh, death that happens during the seance and stuff. It has, what's her name from uh, Everything Everywhere All, Michelle Yeoh. Mm-hmm. And basically she's a victim in it and it's like it's big and it's a pretty and it's a hell of a mystery along with adding a little spook show stuff to it. But Branna is great as old Palavro who's basically retired at the first of the movie and is tired and is hiding out in Venice from all the people who's looking for him for help. Mm Mm-hmm. Sounds good. That's one I got to check out. Yeah. So my number seven is a remake of a 1968 film. This is going to surprise you, I think. But it's the remake of the Boston Strangler. And this one focused on the two women uh, uh, reporters that broke the story and helped break the story. So it's a different take than, than the 68 film. It's it's really really good. It's really low key, so maybe it's a little low key for people. But I 
I really thought it's in the same realm as Zodiac, as Fincher's Zodiac, the way that works out. And I really like cool. So I would definitely recommend it. And you know how much I love uh, the Boston Strangler, the first real docu, the second, pretty much the second docu crime drama. Right. Mm-hmm. That was a hell of a time for docudramas. Uh, we got no. uh, uh, In Cold Blood. Mm-hmm. That's the uh, first one, of course. What? That's the first one. Yeah, and uh, uh, the Boston Strangler, then uh, the Honeymoon Killers. Right. And those are the three early ones that people got to check out. Yeah. Absolutely. But this remake is really good, and, and I would recommend it highly. And it's on Netflix. And trust me, you want to see this. It was really good. No, it's on Hulu. No, it's on Hulu now. Okay, it's on Hulu now. It was always on Hulu. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Don't worry, we're old. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> and my number six is uh, the follow-up to uh, the Ranger from his director called Suicide Game. Which is, what if you crossed uh, Last House on the Left with Spoiler. I'm not going to say what the cross is, but God, is it good. Nice. It's about four, like, Last House on the Left style killers who take over the school during Christmas break looking for... To finish this spell to bring up a demon. And things happen. <laughs> it's well acted and uh, just well done. And it's not something I expected from the same girl who directed uh, The Ranger, which is more of a pop punk slasher film. But this one is just good. Well, I definitely have to check that out. That's one I've not seen yet. Yeah. So my number six is a wonderful satirical sci-fi film, Afrocentric, and I loved it. And it's they claimed they cloned Tyrone. A lot of fun. Uh, very, very prescient satire. Uh, really, really good cast. Jamie Foxx. You know, everybody in that movie was, was just phenomenal. Um, but, yeah, they claimed... is the one who plays Tyrone. Right, exactly. And, and, and um, hold on, let me get to... Okay, so... So, yeah, it's John Boyega, Jamie Foxx. Um, just a moment here. Okay. Uh, Keona Paris is really good as Yo-Yo. Kiefer Sutherland is the main bad guy. 
but you've got uh, David Allen Greer is a preacher too, and he has a Did you really figure nice out story. just by David uh, by Keezer Sutherland being the bad guy? What other sci-fi film the director of that movie loved to death? I would guess Dark City. Yeah, that has to be a Dark City nod. Mm-hmm. It could be a phone booth nod too, actually. Because he played the bad guy in the phone booth. I too. know, but it's a sci-fi film. Exactly. And with Dark City-esque elements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. You want to check this one out for sure. They clone yeah. Tyrone. Next one is one that's a great freaking movie. It's my number five. But... Do not watch it on 2B with commercials. But yeah, I agree. That's why it's not on my list. Because Seriously. this is a movie, well, it ruins the claustrophobic atmosphere, but it's great, and it's called Black Mold. It's about these two kids who uh, examine abandoned building who gets stuck in a building with this crazy bum. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't go where you think it's going to go, does it, Carl? No, it does not. Not even close. Yeah. How many horror films do you know do riffs on the Sun Classic version of uh, Legend of Sleepy Hollow and Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Not many. And even at the end, I didn't know what the hell was going on. And I almost asked the director, man, what the hell is going on? And all of a sudden, I was like, wait. I said to him, wait, I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. Good film, but, but unfortunately with Tubi, in the way that the film is designed, and with the commercials at TV, just took me the hell out of it. I need to see that uncut. There's no question. Yeah. I'm sure it would be on my list. I don't think there's yeah. any question. Yeah, and was produced by the great Jill Gazarian. Nice. And I'm not saying that because she's my friend, because she's a great freaking producer and great director, dang it. Mm-hmm. There you go. Even though you wouldn't like her because she likes the Kansas Chiefs. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's what it is. <laughs> it's what it is. But yeah, it's a must-see, but don't watch it split up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so at this point, uh, we're at number five, right? Yeah, I'm at, well, I'm at number four. Okay, I'm at number five. And, yeah, you um, put one. <laughs> so, number five, I, I'm torn. I think I'm going to uh, mention something after, okay? Uh, but for number okay, five, okay, so Wes Anderson released a movie. Actually, he released four movies this year. And it's not Asteroid City that I'm putting on the list. It's his three short films that he did. And particularly the wonderful story of Henry Sugar. 
Uh, and then the other one was the swan and the rat catcher. The rat catcher is really good, too. But uh, the, these three films, which are Raul Dahl, uh, based on, on short stories, are wonderful. And they're oh, dark. I say this from my heart. When it comes okay. to uh, Wes Anderson's regular films, I'm like, eh, who cares? Then it says Wes Anderson eh, and Ronald Dahl. What? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, don't forget the fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. He, I don't know why, but he has that perfect doll-esque touch. He does. He does. Uh, the whimsy and the darkness together. It's very hard to pull that off. But he's done it his whole career. But it really takes off when he does his his, his Raul Dahl, quote, family films. You know, yeah, yeah. There's a bit of a disconnect there, but nonetheless. These are really good, and, and, and particularly The Rat Catcher and The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar. The Swan is really good, too, uh, but I think it's the least of the three. Um, but they're really good. They're awesome, and you need to watch I'm them. amazed how many people didn't like Asteroid City, and that's just among his fan base. I wasn't fond of it, to be honest. I did not. Uh, it didn't hit. It didn't connect with me, unfortunately. It didn't, and I was so looking forward to that too. But these three films, they're ace. They're really good. So that's my number five. I remember when I informed you about it. I have to. Say, I had to say, let my shirt go and stop choking me. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Understood. So what's your number four? It's my best documentary of a year. And it's okay. a hell of a dissection of David Lynch's obsession with the Wizard of Oz and Judy Garland. And I was surprised how many times he mentions Judy and just even the more obvious ones like Wild at Heart, how he mentions this from uh, Wild at Heart. And yes, they had the Jack Nance scene. Of course. You may think you're in Oz, Carl. <laughs> and there really may be a dog named Toto that <laughs> has uh, John Waters and about three or four or five other directors and writers talking about his obsession with it. And it's good. It's one of the best movies on movies I've ever seen. Nice. Yeah, it helps when you watch it with someone, Tracy, who's both a big fan of David Lynch and John Waters. Agreed. 
so I could just sit there being quiet while she was just like saying, bringing out the chalkboard going, okay, Steve, bop, 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 same as when we watched uh, Salome's Last Dance. She was the learning tree, and I was just sitting there going, wow. Nice. But, yeah, it's good. It's gorgeous. It's great. And, of course, Mm -hmm. uh, David doesn't say, Lynch doesn't say a word about his own films like he's prone to do. Well, you know, I mean, I love Wild at Heart. It's my favorite lunch film. And, of course, it's the most overt of his films to, to mention uh, Wizard of Oz and have all of those tributes to Oz. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that movie. And, and and it's true throughout most of his films, too. There's always some mention of Judy Garland, uh, Oz, the Wizard of Oz, you know, characters, whatever. They're all through his films, so I'm sure this is going to be a fascinating documentary for people. Yeah, right, because the scene with David Bowie from Fire Walk with me, when he Mm -hmm. walks in and says, Oh, my, I'm not going to mention Judy this time. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And it mentions how John Waters was the first one to give any positive press to David Lynch. Oh, nice. Yeah. Right and there, uh, their infamous dinner at Shoney's, which yeah, led to yeah. David Lynch's Shoney's addiction. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bob's Big Boy addiction. Yeah, Bob's Big Boy, that's it. Yeah. Very cool. And what's cool. your next one? Well, if anyone knows me, I I also have uh, an obsession with a particular writer director. Oh God! And uh, considering oh, no. That, no, 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 you're like you'll like this, okay? Considering you know he wrote some of the best films of the seventies. And uh, uh, then became a director in 1979 with Hardcore, and then went on to, to to direct so many great films, and yet sort of not be a major, you know, name for people. And I'm talking about Paul Schrader. What are you and talking new- about? One film he didn't direct, but everyone goes, oh. Rolling Thunder, that Paul Schrader film. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's actually a John Irvin film, but yeah. I, I mean, know, I mean, but the, everyone calls it a Paul Schrader film. Well, you know, the thing about Schrader, it's all about men who are damaged and either find um, find uh, uh, redemption or they, or they kill themselves or whatever the case would be. Uh, the Master Gardener is his newest film, and it stars Joel Egerton uh, and Sigourney Weaver. And it's a very, very interesting take on the the flawed man that he talks about, because this character by Joel Egerton is long past his past. 
and he's getting much older, and he gets involved. Sigourney's Weaver's grandniece comes in to be uh, his apprentice as a gardener, and uh, she is uh, she's mixed race, and Sigourney Weaver is definitely racist. Um, the genteel type of racist, southern racist, but nonetheless. Um, and it's oh, a you really mean like good, you? Uh, no, not like me at all. Yeah, um, you're not a genteel racist. Sorry, go on. <laughs> but it's a, it's a really good film. It, it's, it's a phenomenal film. And it's actually one of the more optimistic films that he's done. How many optimistic trader films do you know? Crickets. Crickets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This It's a really good film. And Edgerton is just phenomenal. Uh, and everybody in it. And I recommend it highly. I just watched it a couple of days ago. And I'm still on a high from it. So that's my number four. My three is going to take us a long, long time. Okay. It's the Adams Family Over, which I ran into this year, which includes uh, The Deeper You Dig, uh, Hellbinder, and their newest one, which is freaking great. Mm-hmm. That is where the devil roams. You know, you talk uh, about lack of unique visions. They are definitely a very, very unique vision. They are an M family of uh, four, three of them basically do the movies. And they direct it. They do the music. They act in it. It's like the old joke. They do everything but punch the little holes on the side of the film. They don't do that because you can't, because you don't need the holes in the side of the film anymore. Yeah, seriously. Um, I did see one of those, uh, and they're very, very good. I got to see the other two. Yeah, the deeper they dig, you dig is about. this poor, this drunken guy who uh, runs over uh, Toby Adams's daughter, who's played by her daughter, and ends up killing her and buries her body because he don't get caught with the drunken murder beef. Mm-hmm. And how that hole just keeps getting deeper and deeper. And how she's actually a witch, you know, who's into tarot. And she has to go back to the powers that she has set aside to find out who killed her daughter. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't go where you think it's going to go. Does it, Carl? No, it does not at all. You know, that's one of the things that we we both look for in films, right? That that 
it goes, you know, you expect it to go one way, but it goes the other way, and it makes sense going the other way. And and that that's not easy to pull off. That really is not easy to pull off. Yeah. We're happiest when we can when we can use that uh, Saturday Night Live skit with Bill Murray and Steve Martin whenever we're watching a movie. Yep. What the fuck was that? <laughs> no, really. Yeah, like that. What the hell was that? <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I think I like it. I know what it is. I know. What? What uh, the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, Hellbinder is about a mother who deals with her daughter who's like uh, uh, on a witch on the verge of becoming a cannibalistic witch so she has to keep her on a vegetarian diet you know because as mm-hmm. soon as she takes blood and tastes meat Shit gets wrong. Shit gets crazy. Okay. Nice. It's one of those real mother and daughter films, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And the great, the devil, the devil roams is about a family of carnies traveling post-World War One where the mother likes to kill people on the way because they don't have the money to buy f- food, so they kill them for, f- you know, and rob their houses and stuff, while the daughter takes pictures, and they have to blindfold the father of the group, who, because he was a medic during World War One and still suffers through uh, shell shock. Wow. Which causes him to go in the connection fits whenever he sees blood and violence. Mm-hmm. And it involves the heart of the devil's wife. Okay, that sounds interesting. That sounds very interesting. Oh, yeah. It's good. And that ending shocked me. I mean, that last ending shot in the movie made me go, what the, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) They seem to be good at that. And they're working on a new film. So, yay. And now, what is your... uh, Number three film, Carl. Okay. Well, my number three film. Okay, I have I have to say this. Okay, I'm prejudiced. I love this man. He's been on our po- podcast, my podcast, for at least five six times. His name is Joe Badon, and he released uh, a film called The Wheel of Heaven. Now, his previous film, Sister Tempest, you can see on Tubi. And let me tell you something. I've told you this a hundred times. He is the micro-budget Jodorowsky. And what he does in the Wheel of Heaven, he starts off with a faux uh, um, uh, kid show. 
talking about uh, uh, oil and where oil comes from. But then the character, the purity, then is older and and, um, starts uh, reading uh, uh, one of those books where Choose Your Own Adventure, and it goes in places that you wouldn't believe. And the the actress, Carrie uh, Russell, uh, does like seven different roles in this. And the people that are in it, and it's just wild as fuck. You know, basically, don't think it's going to make a lot of sense. Just roll with it. It is so much fun. And and, and we're actually going to have Joe on a week from today on, on um, Deviant Legion. Uh, and oh. he's, uh, he just pulled a distributor for it. It just came off all of the uh, film festivals. So oh. my number three, yes. This is when I grab your face and say, there is one and one Joe Dorsey, you motherfucker. If I ever hear you say you that again, I will burn your tongue out with a poker. <laughs> Do not. Okay, you have, you've not seen his films. I've told you time and time again, I, watch Sister Tempest. And you won't watch it because even if, uh, you don't uh, want to. I know Tony got me to watch it. He has a hard on for it. But if you ever say, compare anyone, I mean, anyone <laughs> to go to work again, I will cut out your tongue and pull it back in upside down. You know, I tell you what, at least it'll taste good in a taco. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's your number two, Carl? My number two. Best comedy of the year. By far, also one of the most nastiest comedies of the year. Also, a film director uh, by the name of uh, uh, Emma Seligman, who two years ago did a film that was in my top three, and that was uh, Shiva Baby. Well, he came out with Bottoms this year. Bottoms is fucking awesome. It and extremely beautiful. fucking violent from what I've read. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. It's fucking beautiful. I love this movie. Absolutely fucking love this movie. And it's my number two film of the year. It's so much fun. Uh, and and uh, her... Um, so she stars in it along with uh, uh, Rachel Sinat who uh, she co-wrote it with. And it's just so much fun. Uh, and I've got to say something. Okay, we talk about athletes who become actors, right? Yeah. You know, we, we, you know there's many good ones out there, right? Well, former Baltimore Raven, Marshawn Lynch, plays Mr. T, who becomes the... Uh, their fight club type of uh, uh, sponsor on, and he is one of the funniest people I've ever seen in a film. He just fucking nails it. This he has is the funniest line in the trailer. Oh, he's he's hysterical. You're he's just doing this to get laugh, aren't you? Yeah. I'm telling you, you know, there's only one film that tops this this year. And both you and I will talk about that momentarily. But this is so and damn close to being my number one, it's not even funny. 
is right behind my number one. And oh, my bottom, number so two. The only reason I don't put it as number two is because it didn't come out this year. Let's just say there was a duo to come out in uh, the mid, was it mid-60s or late-60s when they came out? Uh, Hourglass came out 69, I think. So late 60s. Yeah. The Hourglass Sanatorium, which is one of the best and one of the most odd and one of the most Jewish films you'll ever see. And it Absolutely. came from Poland. Yep. It is yep. well, It's just great from the first shot. What it's about is this man goes to uh, a sanitarium or no sanatorium to look at his dying father. And after that, it just goes wherever the fuck it wants. And I like it. Mm-hmm. No, I fucking love it. You need, if you're a sci-fi or like weird films, you need to give it a chance. And his other one, which uh, was so big that it was, uh, its American release was financed by uh, Jerry Garcia of The Grateful Dead, and that would be the Saragossa Manuscript, Mm -hmm. which... uh, Terry Gilliam had to love, too, but you... You'll understand that when when we watch it. And the reason we haven't watched it yet, folks, is we got to figure out how to slice the cheese since it's three hours long. Mm-hmm. Yep. But but Hourglass Sanatorium, we did a commentary watch on it. It is a fabulous film, and it's a memory film. It you know it's a memory film. It it, it goes from time to time to time. You have to keep up with it. You have to pay attention, but man, if you do, you're you're in for a treat. It's damn good movie. And you have to know a little bit about Jewish culture and Jewish religious culture to get it. And I actually helped you on that a little bit. You know, I mean, I, I yeah. I've been fascinated with Jewish films ever since I was like 13 and saw Fiddler on the Roof. Well, I mean, I, I've been cataloging that shit for ages. Yeah, it is just so, so brilliant. I'd recommend mm-hmm. buying it from uh, Vinegar Syndrome, it and the Saragossa Manuscript. Mm-hmm. They're my two best reissues of the year. Yes, even bigger than... Uh, the Ormond family book set and uh, God bless our friend he put out a great set of uh, what's his name Lee J something uh, no 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 you're talking you're talking Dan Kramer and Sidney J Fury yeah Sidney J Fury those are my mm-hmm. other two must buy box sets uh, must see reissues of the year yeah agreed Agreed. So I I think we're at number one, and this one is both our number one films. 
So yeah. I'm gonna, it's your show. You go for it, man. You you introduce this. When I first saw this, I thought it was going to be good, but I didn't expect it to be as fucking amazing and badass as it is. Mm-hmm. It fits its title perfectly, and it's a Swedish word that's untranslatable, but it means having the sheer force of will to do whatever it takes to get to your goal, no matter what. By the way, I do have to uh, uh, correct you on that. It's not Swedish, it's Finnish. Well, Finnish. Mm -hmm. And what would that be, Carl? That would be Sisu. Yeah. And we're not talking the life aquatic, okay? This is... Sorry, I had to go there. Uh, I wonder if he meant that to be... I wonder... It makes me wonder if he really meant that to be part of the title. No, that's an actual word. Zeus's character. Yeah, that's an actual word. Okay, I checked that. And, and, And I checked everything about that. Um, why don't you tell them what it's about? It's at the end of World War II, and it shows this old man, and he's covered in scars, and he finds himself an amazingly large load of gold, and he's taking it to the bank, and these Nazis have the bad luck into running into him and deciding we gonna fuck with him. And how does that end, Carl? <laughs> <laughs> not not well for the Nazis. Yeah. They should have just quit. <laughs> yes. You know, when your bosses tell them, what do you have to say about this? You're lucky to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> And it has a dog that can basically put moves that make John Wick look ashamed on them when they're shooting at it. Yeah. I mean, it's like dodging them sideways, just boo, boo, and it's like, fuck you, you can't shoot me. <laughs> one, of the, one of the great things about this film, we talked about it, is it starts, and by the way, he's in the middle of Lapland. When he finds the gold, so he's nowhere near. Yeah, you know he's in the wilderness. It's like being in the Arctic, right? But yeah. the one thing that that we want to talk about, or I want to mention, is how the pacing is, because this is a ninety-minute film. That's all it is, and it starts at once. You hit the Nazis, and they take the gold from them, which is about what eight minutes into the movie. Yeah. It doesn't fucking stop. And it, it has better kills stop. in it than John Wick. Mm-hmm. There's one scene where they're in minefield and my mom was just like, why don't they just, why don't he just take the damn mine and throw it at him? And three <laughs> seconds later, um, boom. <laughs> yep. How many mines did you put out, Carl? <laughs> All of them. 
The other thing about the film, and, and there are a couple of speeches, but there's one speech in particular by this woman um, who was caught by the Nazis who's talking about the history of this character. And it is fucking brilliant. I mean, yeah. there's not there's not a lot of speaking fine, okay? Heck, but that man one, only has one line at the end of the movie. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Which is a great line, by the way. We're not going to give it away. Yeah. But but Even as far as an action film is concerned, this is this is one of the best I've ever seen. Yeah, one of the hey, best action films I've about ever seen. And it is brutal as fuck. You want brutality? You've got brutality. Trust me on this. Yeah. It's one of those you felt sorry for the Nazis when they started messing with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. the second that they put, and it's on the cover where he just takes that knife and boom, puts it to his entire head. Wonderful. <laughs> Number one. I, come on, old man. Come on. Yeah, old man. Ha, ha, ha. Funk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, great film. Very good. Great film. It, it's worth getting stars for. Mm-hmm. So do you have any runner-up that you want to talk about? Because I want to just mention two films very briefly. Yeah, a uh, plane with Jar- with Jared Butler. That one's a good little action film, and uh, the Baker with uh, what's his name? Uh, who played Hellboy? Ron Perlman. It's sort of uh-huh. like the, almost the same as. Uh, the Retirement Plan, except Ron Perlman's the star in it. I like The Retirement Plan, but it's not one of the two movies I'm going to mention. That's because um, Ron Perlman is so freaking good in there. It's uh, like he's so good as a guy with with his repertoire with the little girl. You get mad when they get kill him at the end. Oh, absolutely. I he he was the reason to watch The Retirement Plan, not Nicolas Cage. And Nicholas Cage yeah. is good in that. But I think it really needed a rewrite in the third third act, personally. Yeah. But the two movies I want to mention. One is a it's a good movie, but it's a little too processed for me. But Paul Giamatti is fucking brilliant in it. And that's the holdovers. You know, uh he's a good director. You know, he did election and, and, and um and uh, about Smith and, you know, but, but this one seems a little too processed. I knew exactly where it was going. But still, the other one I want to mention is one that I actually watched today. And that is El Conte, which is called The Count. It is a Chilean film. And basically, uh, Pinochet is a vampire. And so is oh, Mother Oh, yeah, Pinochet the vampire. <laughs> um, 
and really it harkens back to um to it to the um uh um what was what was the Poe um a miniseries? Um it came out um uh, can't think right now. That um Oh the House of Usher. Yeah, it's it's basically sort of the House of Usher because all of his his human uh uh people are trying to get his money in, so on and so forth. And and it was, and what started out as really good got sloggy. Unfortunately, in the second act, third act is good. But the one thing I do want to mention about this film is absolutely fucking gorgeous. It's got the best cinematography of the year, easily, and the yeah. fucking musical score is is brilliant. Use of original tunes and classical music and everything. The score is magnificent. Best score of the year for me. So I did want to mention those two films. Yeah. And uh, a real quick RIP to uh, David M.G., who played Flyboy and who was in the booby hatch. And basically, he was one of the Pittsburgh crew. Mm-hmm. Didn't work much, but when he did, it usually is in Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. He was Pittsburgh boy. No question. No question. Everybody and this next one Carl's got, and it's uh director of one of Carl's favorite mute well, I would even probably hinder to call it his favorite musical of all the time. Because mm-hmm. if Carl was a rich man, <laughs> he'd be so, broke. So... So before I start on Norman Jewison, uh, I just want to also mention that there will be two other people that passed away that I will mention that are connected to Jewison right after I talk about them. Uh, so Norman Jewison passed away uh, a couple of days ago on January 20th, and he was from Canada. And, um, I mean, seriously, if you look at the films he did, In the Heat of the Night, Fiddler on the Roof, Moonstruck. He was he he was uh, one. Uh, he was nominated for the Academy Award for best for best director on all three of those. Other highlights include the Cincinnati Kid, the Russians are coming, the Thomas Crown Affair, Jesus Christ Superstar, Rollerball, and Justice for All, Soldier Story, Agnes of God, uh, the Hurricane. I mean, seriously, he started out doing um, uh, light comedies, Doris Day films and that, but he really wanted to do drama. And the movie that really changed his directory was was um, Cincinnati Kid, which is one of the better films about gambling. Probably top which five. Which is one me. of the better uh, hustler, knock off. Right, right, exactly. And Edward King Robinson in that is fantastic, by the way. Um, yeah. But, but um, then, then of course he did the Russians are coming, which was the satire on on uh, uh, relationships between Russia and 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 the U.S. during the Cold War. 
And Carl seen it as a kid, and he, as he said before, to me, he love, 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 loves it. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And and uh, there's a connection there we'll be talking about in a little bit. Um, yeah. Wasn't a big fan of Jesus Christ Superstar. Um, yeah, one none of us are really fans of Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ Superstar. If you look at all the clips on YouTube, 99%, 9% of the clips from Jesus Christ Superstar is of what's-his-name as uh, Judas. Right. Because he is yeah, so wasn't good. Good. Yeah, he's very good in it. Uh, and so is Josh Mastel. This is really good in it, too. Uh, yeah. But but you know this is a guy that really did did great work and he did excellent work in television. You know uh, he won several Canadian awards. Um, you know. Um, and it took balls of steel to make in it heated tonight during the time period when he made it. Right, and 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 it did. It did. In fact, Robert Kennedy uh, said, uh, said to him that it was a really important film. Now, one other thing I do want to talk about, Hewison, is he was a mentor to another great director of the 70s. And without Hewison, we wouldn't have Hal Ashby. God knows what Hal Ashby put out during the 70s. There's only one film you care about, let's be honest. <laughs> But uh, yeah, he uh, he also did a, a number of different films too. Um, he did Billy Two Hats, which is a really good uh, uh, western with uh, Gregory Peck. Was now, that during uh, the as you call it the asshole? I mean, acid western phase of America. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was you know, so late. That was the late year, don't you? Well, well, the person who who is um, credited with the first American acid western is Money Hellman. Yeah, but they call them acid westerns because nine percent of them are should be called themselves. We want to be spaghetti westerns, but we're not. <laughs> but they have lots of DNA with with spaghetti westerns. There's no question. Uh, he also uh, he also produced a number of films, including one of my favorite science fiction films of the eighties. What? Iceman. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's the out That's of the his work. Uh, the one that you really need to see that no one really knows about is Iceman and a Soldier Story. The amount of black stars that come out of a soldier story is just jaw-dropping. It is. Denzel and Uh, so many Robert Townsend, Denzel Washington, Mm -hmm. uh, the guy who played the sergeant. Uh, Adolf Caesar. Yeah, Adolf Caesar. Paul Winfield has a small role in that. Yeah, Paul Winfield. uh, Yeah. And speaking of connecting to Jewison, the guy who played Mr. Tibbs in the Heat of the Night, the TV series. 
Is the star of a soldier's story. Mm hmm. Yeah. So, so Kewison was was a great director. Uh, not not on my top ten, but a damn good one. No question. No. Um, and and uh, he also uh, uh, has. Uh, uh, a film school up in Canada uh, named after him at the Canadian Film Center. And, and uh, he definitely, uh, uh, he actually uh, funded Cube by Vincenzo Natale. They helped fund yeah. that movie through, through the Canadian Film Center. And several, several films. I mean, just, just an amazing Amazing, and just to give you an and idea. And now we're really getting into the RIPs, and uh, well, okay, I'm so I, I, I wanted to mention two people uh, before we really get into the RIPs that are connected with Jewish and that passed away this past year. Um, one of them is Alan Arkin, who of course yeah. was in The Russians Are Coming. Alan Arkin, to me, is one of the great, great American actors who could do comedy, could do drama. He could do everything. Seriously. And if you take a look at the movies he's in, let me tell you something. When you talk about scary fucking villains, Alan Arkin is in the top five. Period. Oh, God, yeah. Wait, Carl. <laughs> yeah. Wait until dark. Exactly. I can remember when I was back in high school. That's about 95, 86, Carl. And for some mm-hmm. reason around Halloween, they played Wait Until Dark. And you had a bunch of rowdy high school kids who were mesmerized by that mm-hmm. movie. And the reason they were mesmerized, and I'm not saying, you know, any of the other stars, but it's fucking Arkin. Arkin plays, basically plays one role, but plays four different characters in that role. Yeah, I mean, towards the end, you could hear everyone in that uh, high school auditorium going, kill him! Kill that mother! (laughs) You know. (laughs) Brilliant, brilliant. And and the other one I want to mention is the star of Fiddler on the Roof, Paul. When he... So the funny thing is, when this film, you know, of course, you had to play, and was Cyril Mostel. And everyone expected Jewison to cast Cyril Mostel. Well, Jewison saw the uh, London version of it starring T'Pol. And he rallied for T'Pol to be in that role as Cyril Mostel because he felt Cyril Mostel was more theatrical and more set to be in the Cedar one, whereas T'Pol was more intro, uh, you know, introspective. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, the Paul wasn't in many American films, but when he was, you knew he was. And let me tell you something, he's in the best of the of the Roger Moore. Um, um, yeah, for uh, your eyes only. Yeah, and he's in one of the uh, best quieter private, uh, film noirs of the seventies. Okay, the Public Eye. Uh, the Public Eye is 
Now that is an interesting film. You call it a noir. I don't call it a noir. It's 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 a really quirky, weird, uh, 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 romantic comedy. You know, basically you got Mia Farrow, and her husband wants to follow because he thinks she's having an affair. <clears throat> hires to Paul, and there's a lot of like silent comedy in this. It almost becomes a silent film. It's a really interesting film, and I love it to death. But hardly anyone has ever seen it. But T'Pol is fan, fucking fantastic in it. Yeah. And I did get to see a couple of his Israeli films, too. Uh, and he's phenomenal. But, you know, when he was cast as Tevya in Fiddler on the Roof, that's his role. Because he played it on theater for years and years and years and years. That's the role everyone will remember him by. Let me tell you yeah, something. Yeah, I have seen a little bit of uh, Zero Mostel in that role. Zero mm-hmm. Mostel, as they say, plays to the back rows. Yeah. Whereas, okay. whereas Paul was much more suited for the film. Start with uh, just a slight mention of Raquel Welch. She was in one of our favorite insane misfires of all time. Oh, God, yes. Which I love uh, to death. Come on. I love that fucking movie. Myra Breckenridge. <laughs> oh, well, I was thinking of Myra Breckenridge. <laughs> I was thinking of, um, of, what's the name of it? It just escaped me. Um, the one with uh, Peter Sellers and Ringo Starr. Oh, the magic! Oh, yeah, magic the magic Christian. Christian bedazzled. Oh yeah, bedazzled is great. Yeah, but going but, back yeah, to magic Christian, on. Just, just a second, Stephen. So, magic okay. Christian, it's only a quick scene, but they go to the galley of the ship, and there's people rowing. It's never mind. I'm not going to explain it. But he's in a in a in a leather bikini with a whip. And one of the characters just says, yes, Mr. Swifting, and I'm going, yes, please, please, just do that. Then what she does with something painted like a red, white, and blue American flag in Myra Breckenridge. Oh, yeah. God bless America. (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, uh, Hanny Calder, which I like. I think it's a little too exploitative for me. But the best part good. of it is uh, Christopher Lee is the god of guns. Yes. But moving on, I'm going to February, and of course we got to mention this guy. I'm going to tell one of my favorite stories. Uh, this pregnant comedian went to, uh, uh, I think it's Marshall Warfield. And she went to a comedy club, and she was like six, seven months pregnant. And she was craving whipped cream and pie. They had pie, and they went, and he's like, this whipped cream's flat. And they checked, and every can in that case was uh, flat. And they're like, what the hell could have happened? I don't know. Who worked here last week? Oh, shit. Then he said the guy's name, and then the guy in the back said, 
fucking Belser. <laughs> if the great Richard Belser died. Okay, I have a story about Belser. Okay. Okay. And this actually has to do with TC too. So we were both in college, and Catch a Rising Star comes up to Bradford to do a show. TC picks them all up, and he became, you know, for a good year or two, he and Bills are kept in touch. Um, but picks them all up. They don't do it at the university. They do it at the high school. And I am the uh, I'm the warm-up. Uh, a person because I'm doing this is during my time I was doing coffee yeah, house and doing like shows. talked about this before. That's the story in the book I killed. Exactly. Belzer calls you a dumb shit. <laughs> yeah, I know he calls me a dumb shit. I'm so proud of that. <laughs> yeah, the quote is, is yeah, they got some dumb shit for the opening act. <laughs> <laughs> didn't know anything about comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, fuck you. John Volby wanted me to open for him, too. So, there. Dr. Dirty. <laughs> Most people would know Belzer from uh, Law and Order, but I know him from, well, I would know him from the world's comedy and. Being on one of the greatest cop shows of all time. Oh, yeah. Homicide Life on the Streets. If you haven't seen it, you need to. Now, let's not forget the groove, too. Yeah, let's do. Mm-hmm. Not, uh, he was good in that. Yeah, I think that, that segment went on too long, but he was so good in it. And in uh, March, we're skipping through, sorry. We got a lot of people to talk about. Uh, Tom Sizemore died. He's one of those that could have been a great actor, but he liked, uh, liked the drugs more he than he liked way too much. being a great actor. Yeah. And next uh, is someone is uh, Robert Blake, who was in the first uh, true crime movie along with one of my gods, Scott Wilson. Scott Wilson, but God, if you haven't ever seen In Cold Blood. You need to. It's that good. Robert Blake was a great actor. We're not going to say anything about Yeah. We really want to get into his his, his nastiness that happened in the 90s, or do we just say people look it up? But I do want to mention two other films, okay? And one, one, you've got to see Electric Light and Blue. Yeah, okay. he's he's phenomenal in that movie. But another one that's not as well known is one of the first buddy cop movies that he was he was paired with L.A. Gould. And it's busting, and you got to see that too. Yeah, 
And of course, he is so good as the mystery man in Lost Highway. Mm-hmm. Where am I? I'm in your house. How'd you get in there? You invited me. Where are you? <laughs> I'm there right now. Here, call me. <laughs> <laughs> and you could just see Bill Pullman just keep getting more and more freaked out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. To say the yeah, least. he was a good one. Even though he had his problems. Oh, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, see. Oh, Lawrence Reddick died. That's such a shame. Yeah. Very tough. Did he, did he die of a heart attack or was it like uh, cancer? I think it was cancer. I'm not sure. Yeah, but, cancer. But they just... knew that he was going to die going into John Wick, which is why they uh, changed the story up with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Bobby Caldwell died. Where are we now, April? Let's see. Yeah. April. Uh, Judy Farrell. Da, da, da. Kid Jordan. Oh, man, I forgot about this one. Okay. Uh, the King of the Snappy Comeback. The king of one of Mad's best of the best. The king of the fold-in. Al Jaffe. Goddamn. I'm still finding amusing that he ended up drawing exactly how he looked. In uh, at old age, in his thing, recycling using the carriage. Yeah, I mean, you talk about Al Jaffe or any of those people, right? From Mad Magazine. What an incredible group. Seriously. All extremely talented and all connected to a magazine. That was a life changer for me. Seriously. Yeah, during his prime, uh, let's see, Don Don Edwing, uh, mm-hmm. the guy who did Dave Berg, the lighter side, mm-hmm. uh, Prohas, mm-hmm. Sergio Argonis. By the way, you would be very, very proud of um, Jamie. Uh, Rachel's eldest got a bunch of uh, comics uh-huh. for Christmas, and one of one of them is is uh, is the Wild World of DC Comics by Sergio Argonis. Cool. Yeah, very cool. But that has to be my favorite cartoon. You remember it, the recycling one that shows him as a baby in the carriage? Yep. Uh-huh. And he shows him all through his life using the carriage for different things, and he ends up uh, 
at the very end using uh, the baby carriage as a tombstone. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And it said, here lies Al Jaffe on it. Mm Mm-hmm. God bless him. Absolutely. What uh, Tracy said, he was a very sweet and nice individual. I never got a chance to talk or meet him. But, yeah, I can believe that. Yeah, Jerry Springer died. God bless that trash addict. (laughs) Hey, a lot of people liked him. What can I say? May, uh, let's see. Joe Cap, whoever he was. Oh, I know who Joe Cap was. Yeah, he was uh, he was a uh, quarterback, a damn good yeah. one, and then he was a congressman for a number of years. Yeah, and who was uh, what's uh, what was what's the films in the Sydney J. Fury set that they need to get see? Well. Um, There's one of them um, that actually went to a TV show starring the same guy. Which one was that? Petricelli from The Lawyer. Oh, The Lawyer, yes. Okay. And who starred in that? Uh, oh, oh, what was his name? God bless. Barry Newman. Barry Newman. And Barry Newman has a very, very big role in the lining, by the way. Barry Newman actually uh, 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 acted for Dan Kramer, too. He's in one of the and, and? And? What was his most famous role of the 70s outside of Petricelli? Kowalski! Yeah, Kowalski, the suicidal driver from Vanishing Point. Yep. Oh, he was a good. He was one of the good ones. He, but once he got Petricelli, he decided screw it. He's going for the long money. No. And that yeah, was Dan back was... during the days. If you ever did TV or TV movie, you weren't considered good enough to do a theatrical movie ever again. No. But bless him, he was so good in whatever he acted in. Mm-hmm. And if you can see Vanishing Point, get the unrated, get the longer cut that has the scene of Kowalski making out with death. Yeah. Yep. Let's see, superstar Billy Graham died last year, which I'm amazed as much trouble as he had with steroid-related illnesses. You would know him because he's the guy who finally took down Bruno. Oh, okay, yes. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, blonde-haired. Yeah. And do you remember the uh, 
a story from uh, Richard Pryor live on the Sunset Strip about how his friends were doing the intervention. They're like, who are you going to send over to see me? I ain't afraid of you, motherfucker. You can send anyone you want. They're like, okay, we're going to send over. Jim Jim Brown. Oh, Jim Brown. Okay. Yeah, Jim Brown. He was the first attempt to make a really black action star, but... Jim Brown was good, but he never had that oomph. Oh, that, well, uh, yeah. Fred the Hammer Williamson had, uh, Richard Roundtree. <laughs> you know, he didn't have that edge. He was a little more, uh, I won't say polished, but he tried different things. I mean, one of the, one of the great films he's in is 100 Guns. Hundred uh, rifles. Hundred rifles. Yeah. Speaking of going back, he was in that with Burt Reynolds and who was the female lovely love interest. Uh that was Raquel Welch, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. The circle, man, it keeps getting closer and closer, man. <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Oh, and of course, uh, the Acid Queen. Tina. Anti-Entity. God, that was a heartbreaker when she passed. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, you're talking about her acting, but my God, what? Important she had to music. Not Bush City and Proud Mary. Oh, oh Jesus. We don't no, like to Proud Mary slow. We like to start and nobody, out Nobody rough. would have guessed that she would have such a great solo career after she split with Ike. But she did. She whooped his ass too with a high heel shoe. She went down oh, every inch of his that. ass. Mm-hmm. And that's a good movie, the biographical pick cover. If you want to learn more about Tina, watch that. No, seriously. Agreed. God bless the acid queen herself. Well, Auntie Entity. <laughs> Ain't it funny how her movie and that move and that and uh, Beyond Thunderdome has really aged well throughout the years? Well, you know, Vicky and I did a commentary watch on that not too long ago, a month or so ago, yeah. a couple months ago, and it's a damn good movie. She is the best damn thing in it. Mm-hmm. Ain't we a That's pair, never- Raggedy Man? Yeah, ain't we a pair, Raggedy Man? <laughs> and then there's Mac just looking confused as she drives off. <laughs> and don't forget, God, I love Bruce Spence as as the gyro captain. I gave you something else to love him even more. You know that what? dog in the Road Warrior? Yep. They were going to uh, take him to the slaughterhouse after the movie was done. Mm-hmm. 
But Bruce Spence said, fuck that shit, and he adopted the dog. Nice. Nice. Yeah, but moving on. Crap. Who else we got? Sorry, I gotta move on. Let's see. January. Uh, something that, oh, we got to talk about him. I forgot. Talk about him while I'm looking up. Sidney uh, Thornton died in January. Sidney Thornton? Yeah, 68. Player Pittsburgh Steelers, 1954. Uh, yeah, I don't remember him. Sorry. Oh, and one of our unsung heroes died. Uh, okay. Bob Bourne. Candy manufacturer Peaks, inventor of hot tamales. Oh, cool. Yeah, I love me some hot tamales. Nice. What was always your movie candy of choice? Uh, what were they called? Snow cones? The non-perils. Yeah, non-perils. Yeah. May. Okay, we're in June. Uh, Roger Craig, I remember him playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pat Robertson finally died. Yay. <laughs> Sorry. Ted Gazinski died. He was the Unibomber, and here's the big one, Treat Williams. Well, we'll let you do Treat. He's in one of your favorite films. What's that? Prince of the City. Oh, yeah, Prince of the City. Outside of Prince of the City, wouldn't you agree that uh, most of Treat Williams' career career has been as a utility player in yeah. movies rather than a star. Oh, I agree. Well, even in Prince of the City, Jerry Orbach steals that damn movie. Oh, yeah. It's still a great freaking movie, one of uh, Lumet's best. And well, I love that line. What did they do to you? Not a fucking thing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. What was your favorite uh, Treat Williams performance? Well, I'm I'm just checking that out right now. Of course, he he's known for hair too. Of course, it was yeah. a meanest form of that hair. That movie came out. That movie came out about nine or ten years too late. Agreed. Agreed. Um, here, just give me a second here. I was getting to it, and you got to me just a little quicker than I needed you to do. Well, you just looked that good being over in a shower, baby. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess hair uh, would be one of them for sure. Um, give me a second here. I'm going to go back. Well, Deep Rising is pretty good. Oh, God, yeah. The King Kong prequel that they didn't get to make. Because they couldn't mm-hmm. get the rights to King Kong. Right, and Mulholland Falls. He's in Mulholland Falls, too. 
Oh, that one's better than it gives has has any credit for. Mm-hmm. But most people call it a uh what is it? LA confidential knockoff, which it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Things to do in Denver when you're dead. Yeah. Um But I guess I would have to say Harry he was never one of my favorite people. But every time he was in he was good. Oh, oh, and 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 I will say this: he's in yeah. one of my favorite, uh, uh, what we have to call, um, 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 just you know, so bad they're good movies, you know, um, guilty pleasures. Dead Heat. Him and Joe Piscopo. Dead Heat. Oh, Dead Heat! No, that one was pretty good. That's one that the producers fucked with. But of course, they had he, so he much was, stuff they filmed for it that they didn't use, like uh, the Happy Death Day scene. Mm-hmm. But his demon had like Roger Moore's a zombie and all sorts of zombies going around going Happy Death Day to you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and of course that has Vincent Price in it. Um, uh, you know, Joe Piscopo at his most obnoxious. It's not a good movie, but but that that's a fun movie, and I do like that film. Uh, if you want Joe Piscopo's most anonymous, look at his Frank Sinatra specials that he did for HBO. Oh, I know. <laughs> he thought he was a big crap because he knew Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. and we got can't forget Cormac McCarthy, who I like some of his book, but most of his stuff is just too dour. I don't like him at all. I mean, I I understand he's a very good writer. I'm not saying he's not, but I don't care for his stuff. Yeah, at least uh, Lansdale, God Lansdale, is able to do some of the darkest material there is, but add some levity to it. Actually, to the, the other thing about Lansdale is he actually makes you care about the characters. Yeah. They have enough quirks in that that you can really connect in some way. Yeah. Oh, Jimmy Weldon died. Let's see if that's who I think it is. Yeah, he was the guy who did Yaki Doodle's voice. Okay. Yeah, not familiar. Uh, Yogi Bear... He was Boo Boo, oh, okay. Fred Flintstone and Friends, Chance of the Super Friends, uh, Scooby Doo and Scrappy Doo, a little Murph Rascals cartoon, Ricky Rich cartoon, Knight Rider, Shirt Tales, Super Friends, Challenge of the Go Bots. Nice. Let's see who this is. <laughs> Andre Watt. Oh, you'd like know him, American classical pianist. Oh yeah, Andre I know who that was. Yep. What? Yeah, I know who that was. Absolutely. Okay, tell us. Uh, all I know is he's a classical pianist. I've heard him play. That's basically about it. <laughs> yeah. And Father William O'Malley. Okay. 
who played the priest and the exorcist. The one oh, okay. that uh, Friedkin slapped across the chops. Oh, okay. You know. All right. Uh, Tony Bennett died. Yeah, now that, that great musician. Yeah, I great love him. And the great man who was overly prosecuted with really no proof on the second one, and that's Paul Rubens. Yeah. What the hell was two male cops sitting together in a porno theater for? Hmm? Well, so the interesting thing about that is, is we did a uh, we did a wonderful memorial to Paul Rubens, uh, and. Yeah. Uh, in, in Memphis, there's a gentleman by the name of Keenan Walker. He is the duck master at the Peabody Motel. Uh, hotel. Yeah. And he, he's very good friends with Paul and with, uh, with uh, um, Arquette, David Arquette. And uh, his last, uh, Paul Rubin's last uh, appearance on TV was to tell the truth. And that was the episode that Keenan was on. Uh, and they were very good friends, and it was it's 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 a, a real shame, and we really miss him very very much. Uh, Lawrence Terman, uh, let's see, no 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 no, Robert Lieberman, film director. What film would we know him the most for? No idea. Do no idea. Fire in the Sky. Oh, okay. If you haven't okay. seen Fire in the Sky, good. See it. Goddamn incredible. Yeah. Seriously. What else? Yeah. Have you Okay, moving on to August, let's see. Mark Mango Margolis, who is always one of those mafia actor guys. Charles Margolis. Okay, hold on. Hold on. One of my favorite character actors. Yeah, go he ahead. He was actually in the uh, the opening of Misty Beethoven. Okay? In a non-porn oh. role. He was, absolutely. Cool. Not only that, he where I first got to know him, he played uh, Jimmy, recurring role on on the Equalizer. Then he was the old mathematician in Pi, Darren Aronofsky, and he was in yeah. several Aronofsky films. I and he was him. on uh, Breaking Bad too. Yep, with one of the most badass deaths in TV history. Mm-hmm. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah. And, and moving on. Well, this would be a good time to talk about my most excited about Blu-ray of the year so far that's coming out. And that is William Friedkin's Rampage. Yeah. That was the one that if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. It's his angry film against the justice system 
And he takes the time to not so gently piss on both sides, prosecution and uh, defense. Yeah. And, and yes, let me tell you something. If you haven't it. seen it, if you haven't seen it, there's a reason because basically that motherfucker was pulled. You didn't get to see that movie. Yeah. And uh, what was your favorite Friedkin film? <laughs> there are so many, but I, I've got to go to to live and die in L.A. Have to. Yeah. That one just hit, hit me perfectly in the 80s. It hit me on a day How much? That, that I was basically fired from a job. I was in a shitty fucking mood. I watched that movie, and it was catharsis. And I figured out, well, my life isn't as bad as I think it is. It's a brilliant fucking How did it feel once that movie crossed over from being a slight cult item into being the beloved film that it is today? I think it's absolutely deserved. It deserves it. It, That thing is just a great fucking soundtrack, one of the great soundtracks of the 80s. Super fucking car chase. I mean, I think it's better than the French Connection. Um, the, the acting, everybody in that. Willem Dafoe is fucking brilliant in that movie. Yeah, John even Jade, which sucked, had a great fucking car chase. Oh, yeah. That's one of the things about freaking. If you know, if you find out there's a car chase in this movie, you're like, boing. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, I love this stuff. Rest in peace, William. Absolutely. But you know, we didn't mention the E word. What E word was that be? Exorcist. Well, you know something? It's a great film. Okay? But you asked my favorite. And that, that's different than the Yeah, no, I didn't mention it either. That would probably yeah. be the wild horse, but that one's been over-talked, over-hashed, over-analyzed, over-rover and Dover. Still, even if that's the case, it's one of the most significant horror movies of all time. Yeah. And so it's going to be over, over-thought. It just is. It's going to be over Yeah. And also in June, the great Terry Funk died. God bless the Funker. Yep, agreed. And Bob Barker died. I'm telling you, you know how I remember Bob Barker? Fucking Gilmore. Oh, he was so great. The price is wrong, bitch. Bitch. (laughs) Yep. And here's one I think that hit uh, Vicky hard, and that's Jimmy Buffett. Um, I have no love lost for that son of a bitch. Never mind. Move on. Uh, Gary Wright. Good me- Most good people will only know one song by him. Dreamweaver, of course. Yeah, but he also did Love is Alive, 
He was in Spooky Tooth. He played yep. keyboards on All Things Much Past. Mm-hmm. Fine musician. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? Who else? Well, we can we got the main the main ones of September. I'm trying to get through because it's already they're, they're close. Uh, Dick Butkus died. Yeah, I yeah, Butkus was was important to me growing up. You know, uh, in the 60s and early 70s, being a Pittsburgh fan, any time they played the Chicago Bears, I was very afraid of him. Yeah. Yeah. And the great Herschel Savage died. We love you, Herschel. And Burt Young died. Yep. Uh, Suzanne Summers died. Yeah. Oh, oh come yeah. On. And this one, these two are really tough ones for us. The okay. one and only, the man himself, who's really a bad mother, Carl. Say it. He was a real bad mother. That, don't you? Don't you say it? Yeah. No. I'm just talking about Shaq. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Yeah, yeah Richard Roundtree died. If yep. you just watch Richard Roundtree Shaft films, you're missing out on a whole bunch of good work. Well, one film we may not want to suggest them watch is Man Friday. But other than that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another great one he did was uh, was it Maniac Cop one or two he was in? It was uh, it was two. Yeah, and of course he is in one of our favorite batshit crazy monster films of the seventies. Okay. Oh. Two. No. no, 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 not seventies. That's nineteen eighty one. Well, still he was in two. Well, and he delivered one of the best off-the-cuff lines ever. Mm-hmm. This shit's fucking crazy. I know. <laughs> Don't you love it? <laughs> <laughs> All I got to remember for that is goddamn Cohen. <laughs> yeah. Fuck goddamn fucking Cohen. <laughs> And next is a guy who was one of the best bad guys of the 80s until he got one TV role, and then people couldn't see him as a bad guy anymore, and they seen him as one of the sweetest guys ever. Okay. Richard Maul. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. If you love Richard Maul, the ones you need to see is, of course, uh, the Death Master. He's great in that. Uh, yep. The sword and the what is it? The sword and the sorcerer, the one that uh, Pewin did. Yeah. Yep. Uh, 
Carl's going to call me an idiot, but I do recommend this because I love this insane, batshit, crazy film so much. Night Train to Terror. Oh, good God. <laughs> Come on. You can do better than that. He was also in House. The 1985 yeah. film. Uh, he was great. But of course, we know him as Bull. Yeah. Well, by the way, here's a movie he was in that was actually really good. Uh huh. But but I'm a cheerleader. Yeah, but, that one was really good. Uh, and he plays a uh, he plays part of a gay couple, and he's wonderful in it. Ha <laughs> ha! That sounds awesome. <laughs> You know, but as I said, we we all know him as Bull Shannon from from uh, Night Court. Yeah, just like we know Richard Roundtree as Shaft. Yep. Let's see. That was October. We're in November already. Good. Bobby Knight died. Um. Great basketball coach. Yeah. Willie Hernandez. Frances Sternhagen. Why do I know her for him? Well, she she, she uh character actress. Okay. Um, all over the place. Yeah. Oh, and they need to new build a new room in hell for this next guy. Okay. Henry Kissinger. <laughs> yep. I can understand that. And we're at December. Uh Sandra Day O'Connor. God bless. She was the first uh, female, female Supreme Court justice. Supreme Court justice. Yeah, Supreme Court did. Norman Lear, who had more balls than any other PB producer in the seventies. Oh, without a fucking doubt. By the way, going back to Richard Mole. Yeah. Do you know? Did you know he worked with Larry Cohen? What movie? Wicked Stepmother. That movie don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't work with Larry. <laughs> uh, Ryan O'Neill died. The the driver. And also the thief who came to dinner. Two best yeah. movies ever did. And Andre, Andre Bauer died. Again, if you haven't seen Homicide Life on the Street, you need to. Exactly. Who's 
Oh, shit. Amp Fiddler died. Joseph Anthony Amp Fiddler. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, do you know what group he was in? Groups he was in. Oh. What? Remind me, please. Remind me. Form at Funkadelic. Yeah. From Smothers, you got. If you get a chance, you have to see Get to Know Your Rabbit. One of the few films that he starred in, Brian De Palma, early Brian De Palma, and it, it is funny and it is brutal, and and it's a take takedown on advertising. It's really good. Check it out. I want to apologize to you, Carl, for again mistaking it for rabbit test. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It ain't rabbit test. Thank God for that. <laughs> and we got two more that happened last year. That well, this one happened back in December, and this one's all Carl. Okay. Who? Who do you think? I don't know. Tell me. I don't have my notes in front of me. TC. We'll be doing a, a, a TC was was Deviant Legion's music person who did sh- shows on Sunday, and um, he and I go back to high school, and then we were in college. And um, and then we were part of the radio program. Well, we reconnected, and I asked him to come on, and he did. And he did over 100 shows for us. And uh, I'm actually trying to continue that series now, but I can't do it like TC. Just a wonderful man. And I've got one quick story I will tell here. Uh, I went down to Pittsburgh for Monster Bash. And um, I needed to get a ride back from the hotel to downtown Pittsburgh to catch the bus. And he said he'd do it, uh, but he had to pick me up early in the morning on Monday. And so I'm checking out, and, and the, the guy's there, the concierge is there. And in he comes and he says, hey, fuck face, time to go. Get your ass in gear and I turned around and I started smiling, giving him a hug. And he said that the concierge, uh, the guy at the, the desk, his mouth was on the floor. This was TC. We loved each other very, very much. And as I said, we'll be doing a, uh, we'll be doing a memorial podcast in about two weeks, uh, either end of uh, January, beginning of February, trying to get that together now. So there you go. 
That's teasing. And the second one was our first guest on the show. And for somehow, we became friends with this guy. I don't know how, but I feel blessed that he considered me a friend. Yeah. And that will be the one and the only badass stuntman, Gary Kent. He yeah, had been was a... suffering for a while before he passed on. But yeah, yeah. those of us who really know him, our biggest thing is we'll miss our friend. Mm-hmm. And what was the name of the uh, uh, documentary on him? I can't God. And and that that is definitely valuable. You want to watch that. Yeah, he was yeah, a great I mean, I'll just quote the first thing I asked him. He said, why did you want to become a stuntman? He said, I lean these guys, and I seen them on Cowboys, and I said, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. I said, he did you great... know how to ride? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great guy. What got to me is when I was sick and I'd just come out of the hospital a couple of days, he got in my DMs and asked me, he said, you doing all right there, son? I'm like, oh, uh, yeah? He's like, good. Yeah. Yeah, there there are many people that we've had on the podcast uh, past since we've talked to them, and we miss them all. And he's certainly one of them. No question. Yeah. No question. It's been a hell of a year. Maybe next year will be better. Well, this year is great for me because of someone I met, but let's not get into that because I've already droned over that. I've already beat that stake into the ground, (laughs) vampire's heart. Yep. But I do have one thing to say. You know, unfortunately, 2024 is not uh, going as well as it should be because we just, two days ago, someone just passed that uh, we're going to be doing a um, memorial on uh, and retrospective on, on Maya on Deviant Legion. And that is Peter Shickley passed away. Peter Shickley is better known as PDQ Bach. Uh, and uh, uh, but he also did the soundtrack to several films, including Silent Running. Um, and we're going to have a retrospective on his oh, career oh, and his oh, music. <laughs> I know what you think about Silent Running. We don't. Never mind. I'm not talking <laughs> about Joan Baez. I'm talking about the score. Yeah. And what's next on TC's uh, show? The TC well, yesterday, Memorial Show. So yesterday we did uh, Super Groups Part 1, which was 1965 to, uh, to, uh, to 1994. And then we're going to be doing 1995 to 2023 uh, uh, next week. So that's what we're going to do, Super Groups. And just to give you an idea, give me a moment. Um, uh, 
we're going to be doing a bunch of things. Um, I can't, I don't have it in front of me. But anyway, anyway, we've got a lot of groups ready to go. That's good stuff. You know what, um, Carl? What? Oh, you could have been somebody. You could have been playing with John Mayo's Blues Breakers. <laughs> yeah. But no, That's you're it. playing Zappa's comedy music. Yeah, so so next week we're, we're going to be featuring bands like the Buena Vista Social Club, uh, Audio Slave, Oysterhead, uh, WPA, uh, Zeb Kirchner, Crooked Vultures, and uh, also the Hollywood Vampires. And, and uh, so you there you go. What the point of this, the social club is, look up that documentary. Oh my God. No, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yep. So that's what we're going to do next week. And goodbye, 2003. Hello, 2004. 2024. <laughs> 2024. Yeah, I'm not in my mid-40s anymore, trust me. Uh, anyway. Uh, I'm not Steven either. All, I know that. But, Stephen, th- uh, again, it's it's a, always a pleasure to do a show with you. I Amen. miss you terribly. You know, and, and, and do well and keep keep plug it on my friend or we want to do a lot more of this, okay if well, i get right. sick tracy will kill me well you know god bless tracy i think that has really helped you god yeah. bless her I'm, I'm i'm dead serious about that yeah and with that good night everybody thank you for listening and see you on the other side all right Take care, folks. Thanks for listening. Bye. I should laugh, but I cry because your love has passed me by. You took me by surprise. You didn't realize. But I was waiting Time goes slowly But to carry on And now the best years Have come and gone You took me by surprise I didn't realize But you were Go alone now, calling your name After losing at the game You took me by surprise I didn't realize that you were laughing Time goes slowly, but carries on And now the best years the best years have come and gone.